Hello and welcome to the Facts Over Fandom show. It is good to be back in the captain's chair today. Uh, sorry I didn't have a show last week. Hate missing this show. I think one of the most important things, if you're going to be doing a, a podcast, and I've been podcasting for a couple of years now with a couple of other podcasts, um, is consistency. You know, your audience needs to know that you're going to be there and you're going to be consistent. And I really want to be consistent and pump out new uh, episodes, new content every Friday and try to be consistent on our social media as well. Uh, unfortunately, though, uh, I don't get paid for the Facts Over Fandom show. This is just kind of a labor of love, and I certainly want to give it my all. Uh, but last week, I needed to give a, a whole lot more attention to my full-time job. But it actually plays into what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about golf and more specifically how you can run a golf outing. Just some tips for you and some things to do, maybe some things not to do if you want to run a golf outing as a fantastic fundraiser for just about any organization. So that's what we're going to talk about. And that's what I was doing last week in my full-time job, um, probably for the past almost 20 weeks, preparing for a big golf outing, which is a fundraiser for our, where I work. Um, we had it last Friday. Um, I don't want to say it necessarily went off without a hitch. Uh, the weather certainly did not cooperate with us. It was thick in the upper 40s with wind and, and rain. Uh, but we got it in, uh, no worse for the wear. We had a good time. Um, and I just want to share, you know, this is probably, I, I've done about a half a dozen golf outings. And I just wanted to share some of my insights and, and things that if you wanted to, to run your own golf outing, some some tips that that I've learned over the years and some advice that I would give you that I've learned over the years. So we're going to get into that. First, I want to welcome you to the show. Welcome to the Facts Over Fandom show. This is a weekly show. We uh, post a new episode every Friday. Please give us a listen on Spotify. We're available on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, just about anywhere where you find podcasts, you're going to find facts over fandom. Um, but we're asking you, please listen on Spotify. Uh, that really helps us um, as we try to hopefully monetize this in the future. <laughs> and I kind of use, I guess, the royal us. It's really just me. Um, but as we try to try, try to grow this and monetize it in the future, uh, please listen to us on Spotify. That's preferred home. And while you're there, Give us a five-star review and subscribe. I'm also going to ask you another favor. This is not just an audio show. This is a visual show. Now, the visual, admittedly, is not pretty. Um, I tell my wife all the time, you know, hey, you're marrying me at the peak of my attractiveness. And this is when I was 36 <clears throat> and just as bald as I am here in my mid-40s. I'm like, are you sure? Like, I'm not going to get any better looking. Like, are you sure? So, you know, a couple things that come out of that. You know, one, you don't have to be great looking guys. You can still land a, a hot blonde as a wife as long as you're honest. And then two, try to be funny. A little self-deprivation can, can go a long way. But along with that, this is also a visual show. You can check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash at FOF underscore show. So while you're at YouTube, please Give us like our like our videos and subscribe. All of that helps as we try to build the show and in one time one day monetize it. But if nothing else, you know, I love as my full-time job as a sport management professor, I love talking about this stuff. I love teaching this stuff. Um, I love getting out information that people may have never heard before and looking at sports in a different way that they've never thought of before. Um, so that leads into the second part of what I wanted to talk about today is that 
I'm going to switch this show up a little bit going forward. So the summer's coming. I'm going to have a lot more time and a lot more time to dedicate to the show. I think what I'm going to do is have two shows. So we'll have our normal Friday show where I have a topic that has to do with sports um, in that intersection of sport, business, and culture. And we'll kind of break down that topic on Fridays. Um, I'm also thinking about doing maybe a Monday or Tuesday show where um, my original idea for Facts Over Fandom was to take kind of like the craziest hot take meatball fan thing that you can find on the internet each week and break it down and explain why you know, I, I don't want to be cruel to people. I don't want to be nasty, uh, but maybe explain why um, they're they're uninformed and what can we do to help inform them and give them a little bit of truth. Maybe that's kind of a good way to put it. Um, so I think I'm going to start doing that on Tuesday. So like Monday or Tuesday, uh, whatever I decide to do there, that would be a shorter show. We kind of break down, you know, if there's a crazy tweet out there, let me break that down. And uh, then Friday would be our little bit more long form show where we talk about a certain topic. So um, I think what we're going to do is get away from doing the dream job segment. I've done that for the past few weeks. Um, I think that's a very, very, very niche audience, but I think kind of breaking down kind of the, the crazy rants that we see online. Um, I think that one will be fun. And I think, um, you know, kind of keeping Fridays open for topics. And if there's a topic that you want to learn about that has to do with that intersection of sports, of business and culture, um, and you want me to um, talk about it, um, I'm willing to research anything and, you know, kind of present you a little bit more of a um, researched um, kind of take on what's going on in sports. So it can be topical what's going on, or if there's just kind of another thing that you've always wondered about, please reach out to us and let us know. The way that you find us, we're on social media, we're on Twitter, we're on uh, Instagram, both at FOF underscore show, at FOF underscore show, Twitter and Instagram. Please give us a follow there and uh, like our content. So let's get into our topic today. I told you I want to talk about running a golf outing. And I think as I've done different outings at, at different places where I've worked as fundraisers, I've participated in a lot, lot of golf outings. Um, I'm not necessarily a good golfer, but I can hit the ball a mile. I just don't know where it's going to go. So I can give you maybe about three shots around. Um, but I'm fun to play with. I, I will say that. I mean, if you're not going to be good, you need to be at least fun to be around. So I can I can at least be fun. Um, but running a golf outing, it's it's a total total different beast from actually playing and participating in one. So if a golf outing is something that you think you may want to do as a fundraiser, they're fantastic fundraisers. Um, you can make a lot of money off these things, but you also have to control your costs too. That's a big part of this. Um, I would suggest that you have somebody who understands the game of golf, at least uh, on, a, on a tertiary level, uh, helping you out with this. Because there's things that are unique in the game of golf that if you're not familiar with, um, they're not going to necessarily derail your outing, but they're not going to provide the best experience that they would if you have somebody who understands a little bit about the game and, and who plays the game and just kind of the, um, the little intricacies of the game of golf. So before we get going too hot and heavy with some of my tips on an outing, I do want to give you some um, facts and statistics on the golf industry at large. So I apologize. I'm going to look off camera a little bit. You might hear this um, through the podcast. If you're listening to audio, I got my second screen up here that I got to turn my head to look at. But as we're looking at some of the stats with golf, 
25.6 million Americans play golf on a golf course in 2022, um, which is about 8% of the total U.S. population. Now, the majority of those people are over 35 years old. So I think about 6 million people between like 18 to 35 play golf. So we're looking at almost 20 million uh, people who play golf are going to be older. Well, they could be younger than 18, but that's a very, very small percentage. So we'll say maybe about 19, maybe 18 on the low end are going to be 35 or above. So most of the people who are playing golf. We're going to be marketing to an audience that's going to be a little bit older, middle-aged or older. So um, we're 15.5 million people participated in off course I'm sorry, off course golf activities like driving ranges and golf simulators in 2022. We're seeing a big rise in that. Um, the number of rounds I'm going to get into here in just a little bit, but they, they've stayed pretty static over the years in golf. Um, what we are finding, though, as we look at younger generations, as we look at millennials in Generation Z, even a little bit in my generation and Generation X, um, I think golf if they don't adapt to a certain extent um they're certainly not it's certainly not going to go away but i do think that they're going to run into some issues just because younger generations don't want to spend 5 or 6 hours playing around and they don't want to spend all that money um, away from family or away from other things that they can be doing to be out on the golf course. So that's why we've seen the rise of things like Top Golf, which is just a blast. It's it's a ton of fun, um, and we're seeing more people kind of maybe shifting to looking to play nine holes instead of eighteen. So golf is going to have to adapt with that. Um, and I think some of those things like the indoor simulators where people can, you know, like if you're me living up here in Northeast Indiana, the weather has just been awful um, through, throughout the winter, even going into here to the first of May. Um, but you still want to play. And so having that opportunity to play in a golf simulator, have food, have drinks, be with friends, and it doesn't have to be so much of a production as you were going to an actual course. I think we're going to see more and more people start to go that route. And the U.S. golf course industry has a market size of $26.1 billion. So it's a big industry. And we're talking about people who play golf, um, who are buying golf apparel, simulators, golf-type activities. All of that stuff plays into it, right? So I told you we talked about rounds played. Um, in 2022, 502 million rounds of golf were played in the United States, and that was a 14% increase um, from 2019. So if you look at the rounds played from, let's just say, 2010 to um, 2019, they actually stayed pretty static. Um, there wasn't a lot as far as, you know, I mean, it may go up a little bit one year and a little bit down one year, but for the most part, it stayed pretty static with the number of golfers, you know, uh, somewhere around like 25 million, um, as I talked about before. Um, but in 2020, we saw this huge spike. Well, why? What was it about 2020 that would cause a huge spike in an outdoor activity? And of course, you know, I, I'm being a, a little glib. It's a rhetorical question. COVID happened and everything indoors, as I'm sure most of you remember, was locked down. It, it was shut down. But outdoor recreational activity shot up everywhere. Golf courses got busier. Um, trails got busier. You could not find a bike, it felt like, in the United States. I remember going to like our, our local big box stores, whether it be uh, Walmart or Meyer or you know whatever. I mean, they were sold out. 
you know, because we couldn't go inside and we couldn't, you know, go to gyms or, or do the things that we normally do inside. So outdoor activities by and large were still permitted. And so outdoor recreational activity, that whole industry just saw a huge bump right there. Now we're looking at millions of rounds of golf played. Um, so it was 14% increase, 502 million rounds of golf in 2020, 441 million rounds of golf in um, 2020 or um, uh, in 2019. So we saw that increase. Now, there was only, though, a 2% increase in the number of golfers in the United States between 2019 and 2020. So they did pick up um, some more golfers in that year, but a 2% increase isn't a, a large increase. Now, for golf, that stays pretty static. You know, that's um, certainly significant, but you can see that. People who played golf continued to go out and just played more golf in 2020. So kind of interesting. So you have an idea of what the golf industry actually looks like. And I'm going to look at my notes here. I'm going to cheat just a little bit here as we uh, as I start to look and give you some tips. So with a golf outing, it can be a fantastic fundraiser. Um, it really can. But there's a lot that can sink your opportunities to make money um, before we even get going. So I want to just go through, um, you know, I, I got a list of, of about eight um, tips to help you with your next golf outing. So one, just kind of getting started thinking about who's going to play, you know, what are your goals for this thing? And what are the resources that you have? So you want to um, think, okay, where am I? What are my course options? Who are the people that are going to play in this? Right? Um, because, you know, you could be somewhere where you've got a couple of good courses that you could choose from. But if you don't think you're going to be able to, to find a market for your outing, it's going to be tough to sell this. Right. And so you want to make sure um, who is going to play, you know, thinking about golf. It's not exclusively for people who are older or, or middle-aged, but that's where the bulk are going to come from. Are there enough people in your area who are interested um, that might have a connection to your organization that would actually go out and play? So the typical golfer may, is an older male, right? Um, I think the, the average income of a, of a golfer is somewhere about $115,000. So if you're an organization that let's say maybe you're a, a women's uh, health ministry, um, maybe an inner city women's health ministry that um, deals with um, clientele. Maybe you offer free services or um, their Medicaid, Medicare type of services, whatever it would be. Um, are there enough people attached to your organization that would come and play golf? Or is there something better you can do that might not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to appeal to your clientele, but are, is there something else that you can do with people who are attached to your organization, who are your donors, that might be a better idea? Maybe something like a gala um, or you know a reverse raffle or something like that. Because you don't want to fit this square peg into a round hole. You know, you don't want to look at a golf outing as a way to like, hey, th this thing can make a lot of money. So, you know, come hell or high water, we're going to do this. And then you can't find enough people who have an interest in your organization that would actually come and play. So let's determine 
what our target market is. Do we think we can get enough golfers to actually um, turn a profit on this thing? Um, and then from there, great. Where are we going to play it? You know, and you want it to be somewhere that is uh, convenient, um, that can handle, withstand a lot of people on the course at one time. And then obviously cost is going to uh, play into it. You also want to think about facilities. Are you going to be offering food there? If so, do you have to bring in an outside caterer? Do you have to use their preferred catering company? Um, are they going to have enough room in the building to facilitate everybody? You know, if you sell the thing out, and it's, you know, we'll just say 30 teams. I guess maybe we could go up to 36 teams, but let's say 30 teams. That's 120 golfers right there. You know, that's going to require a pretty, pretty big dining area. And you can still play golf in kind of crummy weather in, in the rain, but you certainly don't want people eating out in the rain, you know, where, you, okay, we can fit 80 indoor and 40 outdoor. So, you know, you want to think target market, what golf course are we going to use? And then are we going to be able to make enough money to actually turn a profit on this thing? And so that's going to take us in to point number two, establishing a budget. So I think one of the best ways to do this is let's look at our expenses. So try to get all your expenses in a line. So as I think about the golf outing that that I just ran, um, where I work with my students, our big expenses. One are greens fees. Now we've got a, a pretty good deal with the golf course that we work with where the greens fees um, are, are relatively low for um, our players to play 18 uh, with the cart. So we got two people sharing, sharing one cart. Um, we also have um, snacks that we send out on the course, Gatorade, water, um, you know, like the peanut butter crackers, chips, cookies, things like that. You know, um, do you want alcohol involved? If that's the case, that's going to jack up your rates, right? Um, do you want to go a little bit more elaborate with with the snacks? Do you want to throw have that two carts at one time? You know, how much do you want to buy or do you want to provide? For us, for the outings that we do, we get enough to where everybody would basically have like one water or a couple waters, one Gatorade, uh, I think a bag of chips and, and some type of uh, cookie or um, crackers or um, candy bar or something like that. So that's what we've determined um, that we're willing to spend per each player, right? Okay, after that, some other expenses that you need to be concerned with, um, giveaways, prizes, goodie bag items. Are you going to get that stuff donated or are those things that you're going to buy? For the most part, for the outing that we run, we get a lot of that stuff donated and, and we work with our sponsors for that. And I'll get into that here in just a little bit. Uh, but there might be some things that are, are unique to you that you want to buy, like some little memento that you want people to leave with and maybe it'll help remind you, uh, remind them of your organization. So for example, we get golf balls stamped with our um, institution's logo and then they have those. They can play with those, obviously, or if they just want to keep them as a memento, um, they can do that as well. Most people end up playing with them. Um, but that's a pretty big expense to buy golf balls for 120 golfers, which is something that we uh, we budget for. Um, food. Food is a gigantic, uh, it's certainly um, probably one of our biggest expenses um, outside of greens fees um, when we think about the outing because we feed them both lunch and dinner. So lunch, we do box lunches, um, you know, where they got a sandwich, chips, 
cookies, some type of pasta salad. Um, we'll have drinks provided for that. And then food is kind of buffet, pulled pork, burgers, baked beans, um, again, some type of dessert, things like that. Um, so you've got to talk with that course because sometimes courses can be picky. Like I said, they may want you to use their in-house services for that. Or can you partner with some type of um, outside restaurant, outside caterer, and they bring that in? Again, all that's going to be added in to your cost. So that's just an example of some of your expenses there. So as you start going down your expenses and you have all of them written out and you say, okay, well, to run this outing, how we want to run it, we want to give them um, lunch, we want to give them dinner, we want to have snacks, we want to give them uh, every player uh, a sleeve of balls, um, possibly, again, talk with the course if it's going to be an early season outing, uh, their, their carts might not be ready. You know, golf courses need to, if they've got electric carts, they need to charge those batteries and some carts might not be ready. Maybe you have to rent carts. Try to think and talk with the course, um, talk with the the head professional there or um, the clubhouse manager there. What are all the expenses that could happen? And so we're going to write down our expenses. We're going to say they're going to be $10,000, right? And I probably better grab a calculator just in case so I don't look too stupid. Um, okay. With that, Let's look at our income. What are ways for us to bring in some income? Well, obviously, people registering for the outing. And so how much do you want do you want to charge people? And how many teams realistically do you think you can get to commit? Right. So if you're gonna, if Green's fees are, are $25 and you're gonna charge hundred dollars per person, um, if you're able to get 120 players, and again, we're we're charging um four dollars per person. I think that's I know what that is off the top of my head, but yep. Um, and we're, I'm sorry, we're charging hundred dollars per person. Um, and we got, uh, 120 players, right? So that's $12,000. Right? Um, so we're going to make a profit uh, of two grand there. That's fantastic. That is great, but that is contingent on you bringing in 30 teams and 120 players. Um, is that possible? If not, what are some other ways we can think to raise revenue? So if we don't think we can get all those teams, let's look at sponsorship. And that's one of the things I'm kind of jumping down a little bit, but that would be the third thing. Um, what type of sponsorship do you think you could sell? And what I would recommend you do is just do different packages. So let's say we're going to have um, a par and birdie package, you know, using golf terminology. You know, your par package, birdie prat package, these are going to be your lowest cost packages. And these may be things where, hey, we're going to give you a, uh, a whole sign and maybe two, depending on the level. We'll give you one or two whole signs. Uh, maybe put you in the the brochure, the team rules that everybody gets um, when they get to the outing, and, and that those are low dollar amount type things. You know, making a whole sign would just cost you a, a few bucks. It's it's not that bad working with the sign company. And then again, that's another expense you got to think about. If we're going to be doing whole signs, if we're going to do banners, um, what sign company you're going to use? You know, shopping that out. So that's why you want to get started on this stuff early because there's a lot of vendors that you have to think about as you think about this golf outing. 
All right. So we're going to have kind of like our, our two kind of entry level packages for um, teams that, you know, or, or for businesses that, you know, I don't want to play, but I do want to support what it is that you're doing. Um, I want to do it at a low amount because there's probably not going to be any ROI on this thing for these businesses. Um, and then we can kind of go up from there. So we got our, e or our, our birdie, we got our par package. And then maybe from there, we take the next step up and we got an eagle package. And the eagle package, not only are we going to give you a couple whole signs, we're going to put you in the brochure, but you're going to get a team in the event and you're going to get the opportunity to put something in a goodie bag that every golfer gets. So maybe it's a coupon, maybe it's some type of um, promotional item. I had a bunch right around me. Um, unfortunately, I think I'm, I, I put them somewhere else here um, in the, uh, in the old office, but maybe it's like a koozie or, or tees or, or golf balls, whatever they would be, right. Even pens, pencils, stuff like that. So some type of promotional item that they can get in there. And then from there, we can go up another level. If you wanted to do some type of, uh, ACE package where, you know, you'll get two teams in the event and you're a title sponsor. And not only are you going to get two whole signs, we'll put a banner up at the clubhouse and we'll introduce you as a, as a, um, a premier sponsor. Right. And if you want, you could just keep going up, you can fill in the gaps, you can do whatever you want, but I would have different levels of sponsorship, but certainly absolutely have sponsorships that where teams are included. That's where we've found we've gotten the most traction getting teams involved in our outings is having those sponsorships where a business or, or company, they're going to pay the entry fee. It's a way for them to, to write that off um, as part of their marketing expense. And they get the added benefit of being in the outing. Um, so we're going to have our sponsorships. So with that, you really want all hands on deck because, you know, you could be the only person organizing this thing, but going out and soliciting sponsors and getting them to register takes a lot of time. You know, I, I sold corporate sponsorships for a number of years. Now that's at a different level, um, but it takes a lot of time to develop a list of people you're going to contact contacting each one of them, setting up a meeting, closing the deal. Um, that could just be one job in and of itself. And I would recommend having a couple people helping you out with this. Don't go it alone. If you want the maximum benefit for your golf outing, do not go it alone. Get a coalition, get people to help you. All right, let's look at our next, next tip. And that was going to be my next tip, getting volunteers. You need people to help you to solicit um, sponsors. You need people to help you to solicit teams, um, going out and talking with individuals who might have three other friends um, who, who want to play with them. Sponsorship, teams. I would have somebody help you with the marketing. I mean, just doing social media could be a full-time gig for something like this. Um, putting out press releases, getting that to TV, radio, newspaper, trying to do direct marketing to people, maybe just through email um, on people who you think are going to play. And I'll tell you another big revenue. So as we're kind of going down and talking about revenue, another big revenue, silent auction items. Um, you would be really amazed at how many companies are willing to donate silent auction items to um, companies and, and outings and organizations, events that are charitable especially if, you, if you're if you a 501c3 and they can get a, a tax de deduction on that. Um, so just calling up those places, like calling up sports teams and saying, hey, could you give away tickets, any autograph memorabilia, um, calling up um, 
you know, different maybe retail apparel companies that can donate things, uh, trips, spas, other golf courses that are willing to give away foursomes. You know, those silent auction items that you have out and prepared and people can bid on when they come in to register while they're eating lunch or even right after they play, um, that's it's almost free money. You know, all it takes is just somebody actually making those calls and making those emails and those contacts. But that could bring you in a couple thousand dollars without you having to buy anything. And maybe you get some stuff that's just kind of a little bit uh, unique, I'll say, that you might not be able to to um, put up for silent auction. You just, uh, as prizes, you want to give away first, second, third, uh, long drive, closest to the pin, whatever it is, uh, straightest drive. Um, if you got some things and it's like, eh, this is only like 20 bucks or something. It's just a t-shirt. There's not a lot I can do with that. You know, use that stuff for prizes. Um, so anything that you can get donated, the more that you can get donated, the better that's going to help your bottom line and the more money that you are going to make for your organization here. Right. Um, I've talked about promotion a little bit um, already in having somebody to kind of help you with this. And so uh, there are so the actual golf, the, the details of this, probably the most common form of an outing is, <clears throat> is a scramble, right? Kind of best ball scramble. So everybody hits, you got a team of four, everybody hits, and then you're going to take the best shot of the four. Now there's different types of other ways that you can set up um, your outing. That's the easiest um probably the, the most popular and consistent way to do it would just be a best ball scramble. That's probably what I would recommend. And you want to make sure that every team has their assigned carts, right? They know which hole that they're going to start off on. So, you know, a couple of days before we're finalizing registration, we're assigning holes to each team. We're going to get their carts next to each other the morning of, we're going to have their names in the cart, the scorecard already in the cart. And then when they come in at the end, you're obviously going to take that scorecard and you're going to start posting the scores up on the wall so people can see exactly where they stand when they come in. So again, best ball scramble, I think is the best way to go about it, but it doesn't mean that you can't have some fun on the course. So some things that you might think um, you might think of to help you raise a little bit more money. Maybe you work with some type of local golf team, middle school, high school, college, um, and you have some of their players come out and on one of the par fives, you're going to have them hit a drive for you. And for $5, they'll hit a drive and they're guaranteed get you 300 yards down the fairway. Hey, that's not bad. And you split the profit. Hey, for everybody who pays, you're going to get half and the other half comes to our organization. It's a great fundraiser within a fundraiser for a local, local golf team. Maybe you put another player on a par three and team goes up, pays them five, $10, and they're guaranteed to get a ball on the green. And that's where the team is going to start putting from. Again, it helps the team because it gets them a, a better chance to, to make birdie or better on a whole. Um, it helps you as the organization because you're bringing in some money without having to, to spend any. And it helps the other outside organization, golf team, whatever it would be, um, as, a, as a fun kind of fundraiser for them. You could also do other on-course games. So um, I've had a hockey team that I've worked with before, and I had them come out to the practice green with hockey sticks. And um, we had some prizes out there, and um, we had people putting with a hockey stick. And if they, they made the putt, they got a prize. And so you, you've got to walk this fine line where you don't want to have 
you you don't want to nickel and dime people because another thing that you see at, at a lot of outings um, are mulligans where people can pay money to um, get a redo of a shot. You know, hey, five for one or or four for twenty. You know, for a team. Um, you know, you don't want to have like mulligans and three or four on course games and and other things where okay well hey for a donation you know you can get this certain upgrade and snack you know you don't want to nickel and dime people so you just got to be careful what are things that fit best with your outing what won't disrupt the uh, flow of play and and what's going to get you maximum profit as well and so all that leads up to the day of and you want to be very, very well organized the day of. So when you get there, you got to prepare cards, like I talked about, with signs, with the names of um, the group that's going to be playing on each card. So everybody knows where to go to. You don't want it to be a free-for-all um, at the start. You want a nice, orderly start where people know exactly where they're going to be playing. Um, is food going to be served? Are you serving food beforehand? If so, you want that set up and ready as people are starting to get there. Is the range going to be open? Are range balls included in um, in the in the fee? And if not, it's something that I would recommend purchasing um, so people can get a little practice on the range. It's just kind of something that's normal in a uh, in a in a scramble like we're talking about in a golf and like we're talking about. Um, what about the player goodie bags? Do you want them waiting in the cart for everybody or do you want to hand them to them as they come in? Registration. Um, what do you need to collect at registration? Have you already collected fees up front? And that's something I would recommend that you do. There's online websites where people can um, register online like an Eventbrite and pay online. They'll take a cut of that, but it saves you a whole lot of headache. Um, or are you going to be collecting um, registration fees day off. If that's the case, how are you doing it? Cash, check, charge, Venmo. Um, do you have a system for that? And is it just one person up front? And if that's the case, that's good because you might have one person who's familiar with everybody, but it, it's also going to slow things down. So um, how many people do you need up front? Do you need one person checking in, one person taking payment, one person doing mulligans, right? Those are all things that you want to set up. Do you have enough tables and chairs set up for everybody? Do you have tables for your silent auction items or for prizes and everything else? Do you need a sound system? Do you need a projector? You know, all these are things that you want to think through first. And then the day of have everything up, ready to go. So when golfers get there, they can find their cart, put their bag in, eat their lunch, hit the range, and then go out to the course. And you'll want to make some announcements beforehand, talk about any rules, anything that they need to know, um, any hazards on the course, you know, where the men hit from, where the women hit from, where the seniors hit from, uh, what's considered out of bounds, where can you drop, um, all those different things. You want to have a talk with the course. What is it that they need to know? Um, and then obviously welcome, welcoming them and, and thanking them for coming and playing. Then they go through the um, outing during the outing. Who are you going to have with the snack cart, and the beverage cart? How often are you going to go out and uh, making sure that they know the etiquette of golf, that they're not driving up on somebody as somebody's taking a swing. Um, all these things are what you want to have think thought through and like who's doing what duty um, at what time. And then at the end, bringing them all in. All right, we're going to switch from lunch. Now we're going to have dinner ready. Usually the person that's catering will do that. If you're doing it yourself, that's a lot of work there that you have to consider. Um, as carts are coming in, do you have people who 
We'll take the cart and go take it down to the barn and help clean it out. Um, who's doing the awards? Who's going to be the MC? When are we closing the silent auction? Where they, can they go pay, right? Just try to use as much forethought as possible and just schedule things out. Just think about everything that's going to be happening that day and schedule it out, knowing it's not going to be perfect and you're going to have to make some little adjustments. But what you don't want to do is forget something, right? You don't want to um, get so caught up at the end and the excitement that, oh, no, we forgot to have somebody go and get um, long drive, the long drive stanchions and everybody's left and we forgot to give away those awards. Right. So the more due diligence that you can do up front, the easier it's going to make it at the end. Right? And then finally, just at the end, just saying thank you. Make sure you thank the golfers. Um, follow up with a with a nice little handwritten uh, note or or a card, just thanking them for coming and and being a part of that. That's it's a really nice thing. Not a lot of outings do that, but that makes a really big difference for people. So obviously, there's a lot more that you can do. Um, you can get really sophisticated with this. I've been in outings where the the silent auction it was actually you know on your phone and you, um, it would keep you updated with the text during your round if somebody was outbidding you. So there's things like that you can do. There's outside companies that will give you a, a long drive pro. We'll have that person come out for free and they'll do the long drive on a par five and you know they'll split profits with you. There's so many other things you can do, but hopefully I've given you a little bit of background or, or a little bit of idea of what you can do to at least get started. So go out there, do the golf outing, have a great time. There are great fundraiser and they are a ton of fun. A uh, lot of work. Give yourself about 20 weeks. Be very, very structured, very um, organized. Make sure you know your budget. Get help. Ton of fun though. And so this that wraps up this uh, this episode of Facts Over Fiction, or I'm sorry, Facts Over Fandom. Come on, Brandon. Facts Over Fandom show. Um, this is usually a time in the show where we do our dream job uh, segment. We're not doing that anymore. We're going to uh, switch and we're going to try something new beginning next week. So beginning next week, look for Facts Over Fandom and start putting out two episodes a week. But I really, really need your help. I need you to do a couple things for me. One, listen to us on Spotify, five-star reviews. Remember, mom told you if you don't have anything nice to say. Don't say anything at all. So four, three, two, one-star reviews, they don't help us. If you don't like us, just move on. It's okay. You're not hurting my feelings. Um, but I want to see five-star reviews. That helps us. Two, same thing on YouTube. Please subscribe, like the videos on YouTube. And then three, if you would, please follow us on social media. I try to put out fun stuff there on both Instagram and Twitter at FOF underscore show. I will see you guys next week at the start of my summer break. I can't wait. We're going to start doing two shows a week and probably hopefully have a little bit more fun with this. So as always, love God, love each other, be a good sport. I'll see you next week.